Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Total 90 Premier League Podcast. This is your favorite time of the week. This is my favorite time of the week. And I am Nick Brown, Frowny Brown from Frowny Brown Town. The Manchester clubs make a statement with two absolute thrashings throughout the weekend. We have Newcastle United coming off their third win in a row, putting them in the top four of the league table. We're going to talk about all the Champions League fixtures through Spurs, through Liverpool, and of course we're going to have Facebook finest, and we're going to look ahead to week six of the Premier League season. And of course, I am never alone. Today I am joined by probably a subdued supporter, I'd say, Mickey Kennedy. Mickey, you know, it's a bit of a disappointing week for both of us. Yeah, it really is. We can't really give each other anything this week because uh, we've, we're on the same level, flat. Um, yeah, it's been a disappointing week. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, Liverpool, we always struggle against Burnley and it, and I was proven right once again. So, you know, it, it's a frustrating week. Yeah, it is. And I like, you know, as a Spurs fan, I thought, you know, midweek we're looking fantastic with that Champions League uh, victory, but you know, they thought the curse was gone. Maybe the, the curse was gone for about three days, and then <laughs> and bang, straight back to hit you. Yeah, Swansea, the face. Swansea are a very good team, but Mickey, they're actually not oh, too on. bad on paper at the moment. Defense is pretty bad, which is pretty sad that you couldn't break through that one. But <laughs> there was there was a lot of dull games this week, and um, we were chatting before, and and really, Man City and Man United pretty much saved our show this week because there'll be nothing to talk about otherwise. Yeah, this is exactly right. Um, yeah, without them, I think there would have been about. Six goals kicked for the whole fucking <laughs> week. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm looking at it now. Probably, yeah, probably five or six. It's goals. a bit. Of, it was like I, I wouldn't say it was a statement week, but it, it was almost was like you know, while a lot of teams are lagging, and it's especially in the top six, you know, United and City are both like you know really kind of hitting their straps. United still aren't at their their peak, I don't think. Yeah, but you know, to play at you know probably 70 percent and win four nil against Everton, it shows a bit. It does show a bit. It also shows a bit about Everton. Um, that they yep. are they are very much out of that top that top six bracket or the top six conversation now. I think I, I think you'd probably agree. Yeah. After so much was talked about them, you know, before the season, and you know, the they're really starting to flex their muscle um, a little bit. You know, City and, and United, um, Watford, who we we both agree have really improved this year. Um, they they found themselves on the the harsh end of a, of a few goals and um you know you know we will come across that but um I think we you know if you're ready we'll start through the game and yep. we start with the game of the first game of the week and Jesus it was good to see Bournemouth go off the mark um my boys your boys and Brian probably be a little bit unlucky um I thought you know at times they did look like they were going to score um goals from Andrew Sermon and and Defoe put away Brighton, who, uh, sorry, Marsh scored one uh, for Brighton. But, you know, this game could have gone either way at some stages. Um, I think Bournemouth just had this this period of time in the, in the second half that really did save them. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, Brighton hit the bar throughout the um, game as well. Like there, as, there were chances going either way. It was, you know, dominant possession in terms of the Bournemouth side of things, but... As we've said many times throughout, that only means so much if you if you can't do anything with yeah. it. Yeah, um, you know, it's great to see Defoe get off the mark. I'm really really happy with that. I it was a cool is. finish, wasn't it? It was, um, you know, calm. You know, a, a pure striker's goal really, and he let his instinct do more than you know than actually thinking, and and that's why it went in. And it was right 
bottom bottom left corner. It was a beautiful shot. And uh, like it's interesting because you know Josh King hasn't really gone off to the flyer that I think a lot of people would have thought. He's playing a little bit behind, basically a little bit behind to the left of Defoe at the moment. It's you know it's interesting to work out how he's gonna like kind of fit into that structure because. At the moment, it seems like you know he's used to being that guy, and now he's you know it's nothing kind of taken gets... away from him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like they need to find a way. Like you know, it's easier said than done, but it'd be great for them to find a way. Like Aguero and Jesus have been going. Well, that's exactly right, and that and and them two are proving a lot of critics wrong, which is good on them. Um, I think that's great. But yeah, it's it's how these two are going to link up. It's going to take time. Um, do you think it's a good move? You know, investing that in in Jermaine Defoe when. You've got probably Josh King who's is coming through. He's probably going to be your future striker um, to sit behind maybe for this season because it could unsettle the player, to be honest. It is interesting because, you know, like standard logic would tell you that Bournemouth should hang on to King, put him as your main guy and like keep developing him. And, um, you know, but instead they've decided to go for an experienced guy like Defoe. Maybe they've been, maybe they're trying to make that leap again to make that kind of mid-table finish. It obviously hasn't started too well for them. They've got that first win off the board. Yeah, I think that, um, I think King will learn a lot from Defoe. I think Defoe is a very knowledgeable person. He knows exactly where to go. He's a very, um, he's so experienced. He's been through like so many goals. So, yeah, exactly kids. right. And I think that, you know, King will learn a lot. It's whether he is willing to learn. That's a big thing because, you know, these young players, some of them, just want to be the star, uh, the center of attention. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the ego gets ahead of them sometimes um, in a world where you know these players come through in a, at a young age, and and they're being and their names put in lights, and before you know it, they've got ahead of themselves. And you know, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it will happen. I think this is this will be a good learning curve for King. Um, just some interesting facts that Bournemouth really took the game to Brighton. Sixty three percent possession um, showed that they they really did run run the show. Um, Almost, or not almost, six more shots, you know, than Brighton. Um, but the interesting fact is, three to two on target for yeah. the whole game. Um, I don't think you have games like that where you know some things that just doesn't go all the way for them. Like you know, in the in the game itself, um, you know, you can have all these shots, but as I said, the game like Bournemouth, two out of three shots went in. So you you know you, you take that into perspective, you know. Moving forward, these these could be bigger score lines anyway. It is um, it's something about you know taking your opportunities when it presents you, and especially with teams like, especially fixtures like this. You know that's how that's how you pick up three points instead of one. Yeah, and that's how you pick up one point instead of uh, nil. It's um, it's a good game for Bournemouth Brighton. I don't think they'll be two phased. It's one of those games that I think that they would have hoped to at least get a point out of going in. But you know they they're still kind of finding their feet. They're not. They haven't had an unbelievably good start to the season, but. They're not. I think they're about par where everyone was expecting. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's. I see these ones as six pointers. I feel like these teams that are versed in each other, um, that could potentially be fighting each other for relegation. Um, when these guys play each other, it really does become. You know, if they get three points and the other team doesn't, it really turns into a, like a double, a double. You know, game situation here. So the fact that Bournemouth got off the mark this year, got their first three points. Like it's, it's bigger than probably what we think or what it looks like on the scoreboard. Anyway, what do you? Uh, we'll move on from that. But um, 
This is probably one of the bigger... No, maybe for me at least, one of the biggest stories. Crystal Palace just can't kick a fucking goal. Well, um, Roy Hodgson has three games left in charge, so... <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know who, you know who they've got in the next three games. They've got City next game, I know that. I think they've got the United and Chelsea. Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> what, what a kind of, like... I know, you know, if you want to get rid of De Boer, you know, you've got to do it, but... To do it at this stage and kind of go, okay, we're going to give you a few games, but you have Southampton and then you're going to play basically the three title contenders or the three biggest teams in the comp. Like, I, it's pretty harsh. And I think Hodgson's a guy whose system needs to be slowly kind of introduced. And um, I don't know if this is going to be something much like DeBoer that's going to be picked up in a, th- in a few weeks' time. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, and I, I think, too, I think the main thing that was probably so poor for Palace is they conceded within the first 10 minutes. Uh, Stephen Davis scores six minutes. Um, you just, you know, when you're trying to fight survival and you're playing a team like that, you, you've got to, like, you know, this, this guy, this manager's just come in and... Within the first five or six minutes, he's he's already a goal down. He must be like thinking, "What have I done?" Could you imagine being a supporter, being like you know new manager and like maybe you know being a bit chirpy about the game, and then you know six minutes in, getting one nil down. And one nil like... down. I think the more disappointing factors, the way they've been going forward. I think you know the chances that they've had, and and the, even the ones on the weekend, like crossing in six, not even six hours out, bang miss. It's interesting because, like, where is this first goal going to come from? Considering that, as we said, they've got Well, they, they three, literally can't buy a goal at the moment. Well, they've got three very tough games coming up. After that, they've got Newcastle away, and then they've got West Ham at home. Where is this first goal going to come from? If they can't score from six yards out, so we're, they're going to have to get a penalty, and or they're going to walk a goal And the in. worst thing is, like, you, you probably look back, and there's been one attempt from that range three weeks in a row, or, you know, three out of the four weeks. And this is embarrassing this is really poor like footballer this is the premier league like it's it's almost turned into a hoodoo it's like it it's really like has. it's like the the wembley hoodoo for spurs it's I, like the um just the score a fucking goal hoodoo i wonder how many games it's taken like what's the record for the most games not scoring a goal in the premier league i know this is the first time someone's gone uh losing their first five and not uh, scoring a goal since 1988 I yep. don't know what the absolute record is of not scoring. We'd have to look that up. In that the would break, be an, that'd be a very interesting stat to see how far off they are because it's almost like they're the next kind of Jamie Vardy. Like every game, everyone's waiting for them not to score. Yep. <laughs> exactly. But right. um, yeah, Southampton getting the win. Um, they'd be happy. They haven't had a fantastic start to the season, so getting away with that. Well, and I say getting away with that because Palace should have won. Like they really. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they had so many chances, like clear cut chances that they should have put away. And once again, you know. They're, they're just tri- tripping over their own feet, really. It's the most... You know, pal- how do you feel being a Palace fan at the moment? I'd be very uneasy. Yeah, it is. Like, uh, you could argue that, you know, Zaha's going to come back in. Um, you know, Sacco's going to kind of hopefully shore up that defence when he can. Loftus-Cheek's looking really good. Um, yep. You know, kind of came off a bit of a niggle later on in the game. But he's... He's probably the only real shining light, I think, at the moment for the season for Crystal Palace. And the annoying thing is for them is they're not getting blown out of the park. They they're yet to get absolutely bamboozled by a team. Yeah, and they're losing you know one nil, two nil, three nils. Well, and... you know, they could happen this week. They have got City, um, <laughs> a, a team that's probably you know is probably dangerous going forward as you get. Um, oh, yeah, I literally can't see a goal coming for three weeks. Yeah, it's, you you just got to hope for some kind of real uh, mistake at the back for one of these big teams, and it's you know it's disappointing. But you know we'll um 
I guess our predictions might be interesting on that game because I'm going to go big. <laughs> you, you don't want – like you almost think, nah, come on, enough's enough now. They've got to do something. So that's that's putting me into perspective um, with like the prediction side of it. Um, but, but that being said, I've been saying that for the last three weeks that they'd score. They yeah, well, that's exactly it. right. And, oh God, you just can't see the light at the end of the tunnel for them, really, can you? Yeah, well, um, we'll move on. But we've got um, – your team, Mickey. Uh, this is you know, another kind of disappointing a disappointing week overall uh, for Liverpool. We'll start with the Champions League game. I think we should. Uh, 2-2, Sevilla. Um, yeah, this is kind of a bit of a common trend, isn't it? Yeah, common trend of disappointment, really. Um, <laughs> we're our own worst enemy at the back. We let in silly goals. It's the same, same song I've been singing for two years. Same song most Liverpool supporters have been singing for two years. And unfortunately... Just like the Palace situation, I don't see where it's going to end. You know, we can't buy anyone, obviously, to January. And the poor defensive errors, lacklustre performances at the back, you know, questionable um, starting players. It's just the same old Liverpool. Fantastic going forward. Yeah, why not? Shocking going back. I start with Sevilla. You know, we should have had three points in that. And that would have been a massive three points. So I think for us, Sevilla was probably the biggest challenge in that group. I yeah. think if we put away them at Anfield, um, you know, any scoreline doesn't matter. Um, we really set ourselves up for, you know, a, a, a strong finish uh, to, you know, qualify as quickly as we can for the for the knockout stages. But, you know, faulty at the back, causes two goals, a missed penalty. It's just, it becomes a bit of a circus after a while. And to be honest, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Well, they I'm had, not that Arsenal guy on Arsenal TV. Yeah, just, I know. I've just given up. You're defeated. You're de- <laughs> now, Liverpool had you know, 20, 25, 24 shots on, on goal. They had, you know, hit the post. They missed a penalty. That being said, and this, you know, kind of sums up how what Liverpool are. I honestly think the Sevilla could have gone away with the three points. They really... You're, no. They, they, like, in terms of clear-cut chances, I think Sevilla had more of it. They really, like... I know that people would say that um, Liverpool had more uh, chances at, like, actually attempts on goal, which they did, of course. But I think that, you know, you take away that penalty, which, you know, uh, it's like, I can't... It's hard for me to be mean to Firmino for missing it, but, <laughs> you know, you, you got to put those away. And I think that that's something that, you know, he'll learn and all that. But I think that, you know, it was one of those games that, you know... I, if anyone was going to win, it was going to be Liverpool. But if it went the other way, I wouldn't have been too surprised. Yeah, you know. And that's the you're, same. You're right to a degree, but I, I feel like, you know, I, I I don't want to go, I hate to go back on history, but, you know, where would, you know, this Anfield Knights at, on the Champions League is our time. Is our time to, you know, move up. I know um, the other year when we were in, we were pretty poor. Um, but I feel like these are where we step up a level and really showcase ourselves to Europe again. And you just don't do that with performances like that. Um, and it was followed up with a weekend. Uh, Liverpool won, Burnley won. Um, we could see the first goal. Uh, we scored again two minutes later. You look to go on from that and really nothing really happened. 35 shots, Nick. <laughs> I was going to say 24 during the week, 35 in the weekend. And... Yeah, I don't want to be that guy who's just repeating and I'm not just trying to wind you up, but this game, again, could have gone Burnley's way. They had a couple of really, really, like, flat-out headers that could have gone in. They had a goal-line clearance from Matip uh, in the, probably the 85th-ish minute, and that was a real scare for Liverpool, and then they started piling it on. They, You know, you had, uh, I think, that uh, Double A, our boy, 
yeah. um, was uh, was looking really good going forward, but looks really average going back. So it's kind of one of those things that you really like want... a Moreno. Yeah, exactly. We've already got one on the left side, mate. We don't want to need one on the right. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's just like, is it the finishing? Is it just the confidence? I think like... it's just a mix of everything, really, and and just not being st- st- uh, sorry, steady at the back. You know, we're scoring every game. We're, we you know we're looking dangerous every time we go forward. If we show up that defence, it changes everything. You know. A lot of these these cheap easy goals that they get um, don't go in, and then these and these one pointers turn into three, you know. So, um, like if for instance, like the burn of the goal, um, Clavan goes. So the ball comes into Matip, and I see Clavan coming out from, like move from his position to try and head over Matip, who's having a one on one challenge, which bounces past all of them, which. Falls at the feet of the guy kiss a got like just stuff like that is just like why is Clavon starting? I have no idea. I don't know why we even brought him in the first place. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. It's just week in week out, and we're not going to challenge for anything the way we played like that. But I will say we always have a bad game against Burnley. I, I re- like I can't remember the last time we played well. Yeah, historically I do remember you guys having a. a you seem to draw most games actually. <laughs> yeah. So well for me that's a bad game. So. You know, hopefully next week we've got Leicester, which is another little like I don't I don't really feel comfortable playing Leicester all of the time as well. Um, good to see Salah on the score sheet. I think he, he's really starting to pay you know pay his worth. Definitely with Mane out of the the Premier League side at the moment, he's got two more games to go. Yep. Uh, Coutinho looked good on the ball. Some of his shots were questionable. But I think. I'll tell you what. I saw one thing where he took on about four players and uh, shot into Rose Z. Um, <laughs> it just landed in my backyard the other day. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and some point Piquet bouncing went through. <laughs> I would have backed you in more than that. Uh, yeah, like there are positive signs to take out of. I think Coutinho just getting a run is good. Yeah. Just like just for him. I, I'm not I wasn't expecting him to come out and, you know, absolutely set the world on fire, which he didn't, but you know, he he did his part. He was kinda like, you know, just yep. you know, kind of warming himself back into the league. Um we'll move on to a team who didn't have a bad week at all. Uh, uh, one more question. Oh no, here we go. The pressure's building on Klopp right now. Big time. Should he have should he have the pressure right now? Um, is it warranted? I, yeah, it depends where you're coming from. I know a lot of hardcore Liverpool supporters would be going that you should have pushed harder in the transfer window for, for the defense. Yep, you should have a plan B, which is massive for me. Which I think I'm, I'm baffled to think why we didn't have a plan B. It's re- I find it really disappointing. If anything, I just find it disappointing yeah, and, and s- almost arrogance that we thought you know we'd get away with it. Sometimes with Klopp's like uh, post-match press conferences and that he comes across as really um like. Bit arrogant and kind of he thinks he knows what he's doing and kind of like in the sense that like you've drawn one one with Burnley and he's kind of coming out going oh you know like we you know we'll get him next time kind of thing and like he doesn't have that attitude that I can't he doesn't have that killer instinct that I think a Mourinho or Guardiola has and like, sometimes he kind like of didn't feel the disappointment probably that he should have maybe yeah exactly and I just I think that you know for a guy who's like you know talks a lot about defense and he he loves talking about the Liverpool defense and you know whether they should have like you know why they made mistakes. He didn't do anything. He doesn't do anything about it. And it's, you know, the fact and that's that... that's the worst part, isn't it? 100%. And I think that as a Liverpool fan, it'd be very frustrating. Um, you know, with, the, with going through a whole transfer window, realistically only needing... Well, not needing, but like, you know, if you wanted one position, it was probably a centre-back, I'd say. Yeah. And or and or goalkeeper. And you got neither. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, well, and the other thing too is, you know, um, I think Robertson started this game. Um, and, and he played all right, but it's just... It's just the same old Liverpool at the moment. But we will move on to to a team that is not having much problems at the moment. They've scored 11 goals in the last game, two games, Nick. 
Um, last two Premier League games, sorry. And that's Manchester City over Watford. A 10 goals throughout the week as well. They scored four in their Champions League fixture, taking care, taking care of their first game very easily. Um, this is a game that I think summed up pretty well when you kind of look at it and you go, City were far superior. And I heard somebody say this, so I can't really credit myself in it, but Watford aren't going to be like held to how they go against these top teams. That's not what they're after. They're not ready to break through to that. Yep. It, was a literal, it was a literal um, difference of class. City are just a better team. And it's like, you know, I, I think Watford, at that game, Watford could have played the best of their ability and they still would have been beaten quite convincingly. It's all about the finishing and City moved the ball so goddamn quick that it's just like, it's almost scary. <laughs> Do you think they found like the niche, I think up front with Aguero and Jesus, I think these two are starting to really click and, you know, they're starting to bring back the classic two up front kind of thing at the moment. I love it. It's working. And... I- they are so dangerous going forward, and you know they're probably coming to a stage where a lot of you know backward playing in the back three now with the wingers, and now they it's, it, it might have put Watford off, you know, off its game, knowing that there's two guys coming at them now, and it makes the defenders at Watford more accountable. It makes defenders whoever they play more accountable, and these guys are just literally playing their own game at the moment. You know, Hazel scores again, Aguero scores a hat trick. <laughs> um, you know, Nick, he's better than Sanchez, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Sterling gets on the score sheet again, which is, you know, he, he took a, it was, it was a penalty, but he did win it himself. Um, I think that's a good thing, you know, you know, when you're 5 nil up at the time or 4 nil up, the guy that wins it kind of gets to take it and, and gets the reward. Well, yeah, it's, it was interesting to see that. I like. I it's guess good. it shows good team. I guess Aguero was like, I've already scored three. I don't really, my, my well, foot's getting sore. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it shows good. Um, I think a team balance in there, and they've got you know a good core group in there. That, you know, yeah, I think that um, good yeah, friends with each other. It's, it's unfortunate. It's it's almost like nervous to say, but Watford looked pretty good in terms of how they set up, and they were really good like structurally at the back. It's just that City were just too good, like, and they were so good with their finishing. Like when they really got a good chance, they took it every time. And you know, there's not too much we can say about this because it was just a tale of two teams that are on completely different levels and City are firing at the moment and the fact that they have Crystal Palace next week scares me because like... Scares scares you for what? The scoreline? Oh, everything? Roy Hodge is going to lose his job after two games? I tell you what, Aguero could have the golden boot wrapped up after next week if he wants it. <laughs> it's massive, isn't it? It's 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 a, And the thing is too, is probably, Palace is probably coming off any probably, you know as bad as they possibly can and, and City are coming off as probably as good as they possibly can this season and that's the worst part I think one's hitting their absolute peak and one's hitting their absolute lowest and um, close your eyes Palace fans it's going to be a long 90 minutes I'll tell you right <laughs> now next week I I can only hope that um, City take them lightly and that's all I can pray for for the, a Palace fan but we'll move on to uh, across town to uh, United 4-0 uh, win over Everton again three goals after the 80th minute that's nine out of 16 goals that they've scored this season uh, has been after the 80th minute or after, which is incredible, isn't it? It just shows that this team can just do it at any time. And they like to wear their opponents out. Um, it's 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 become really common, isn't it? And it, I don't know what, what... I can't quite put the finger on why it's happening in, in these last 10 minutes. But for whatever reason, it's, it's like they're finding extra gear, as you said. And, you know... I don't know whether it's a good thing that they're scoring in these last, you know, ten minutes, or it's a something to be concerned of. If you're um, Jose Mourinho, um, 
four nil looks pretty devastating on the score sheet, doesn't it, Nick? Um, Valencia's goal was absolute class. <laughs> what a way to start the game um, in wet weather conditions as well. Ball comes across one, bounce hit on the volley, just absolute peach of a goal. And he didn't look seem too excited about it when he kicked that, did he? Yeah, it was just like it was almost just like it's business, business as usual for the for United. It was a game that. Yeah, four nils flattering for United. They weren't that much better, in my yep. opinion. It they were they okay. dominated the first half and they deserved that one nil. But I think after half time, Everton had the bulk of the chances until about until Mkhitaryan scored the second goal, and that was literally it. And like, yo, it's good to see Rooney get a standing ovation when he got subbed off. I thought that was really cool. It would have been nicer if he got a longer walk because he was right at the bench. It would have been yep. nice if he got to walk all the way across field. But um, yeah, it was good to see United fans really appreciating him. Um, yeah, once that Mkhitaryan goal went went in, it was just like it was game over. Uh, Lukaku yeah, being, opened. Lukaku um giving it to the Everton supporters both after his a goal. About sour, isn't it? And bit well, sour, sorry. I tell you what, if your if your supporters, if your ex supporters are giving it to you all game, and then you um and you score a goal, I, I say why not? I don't. Yeah, care. okay, yeah, and, I agree. Yeah, and it was also like because he uh, assisted Mkhitaryan for his goal. And he was uh, shushing the whole fan base before the ball even went in the back of the net. That's how confident he was. Yeah. <laughs> and then they scored, gave it back to him again. Like, yeah, it's not the it's not the prettiest thing, but I don't mind characters doing stuff like that. I mean, he's not exactly doing the Anabayor where he's uh, running across the whole end of the field yeah. just to do a, a, a giant knee slide in front of a rock star power slide. But yeah, it's look, Lukaku getting back on the score sheets, lovely. He didn't play that well, to be honest, but uh, took his chance when he had it. And that's the difference, isn't it? And, and Martial... Uh, another one winning the penalty and taking it. Good to see a bit of team. Uh, well, was it, it was interesting why Martial would take it. Well, he, he won it. Yeah, but it's the same. I think it's the same kind of deal. The three 0 up at that stage in the ninety second minute. Um, I think it might be a trend that might be starting to grow that the guy that wins it kind of takes it. I think it keeps morale up. I think you know what I mean. Like in a in a world now where stats are everything and every goal to a guy is you know. It go, goes it, on your history. It goes on your history. Exactly right. Um, it's moving into that stage where the people that are winning them are actually taking them. I think, and I don't actually. I quite like it. I think it's good. You know, I feel like if you earn the penalty, take it kind of thing. And um, yeah, as I said, like because at the moment players are based on numbers now. They're based on what they score. Like definitely the strikers, how much they score, how many games, how many minutes. And you know, if you're winning penalties and someone else is getting all the fucking credit, well. You know, it's, it's probably where people are starting to arc up. Um, Martial, also, like him scoring, just kind of, he's having such a good season considering he's playing about 20 minutes a game. Yeah, he played, exactly. I think he came on the 86th minute and he scored, yeah. you know, scored five minutes later. And it's just like, he's just some, he's he's the best sub in the comp. Like, he's by far the Sane? best. Sane? Yeah, well, those I are the two. He's better. I reckon he's better than Sane. Yeah, so. those two are the ones you could flip. I honestly, you could probably flip a coin with those two. They're both fantastic players. I think Martial's just a little bit more experienced at the moment. Um, just another one too. This is a, a, you know, Everton have had their their crap run now. I, I think they have. Yeah, anyway. yeah, they're all done. Yeah, they're all done. Um, now where does it put him? Put them? I don't think. I think if anything, they've just established that they're not anywhere near the top six. I think it's yeah. It's been a real. You know, don't get me wrong. They've played some really tough games in a row, which is never easy, but. Um, if it's ever clear that they weren't going to crack that top six this year, it's, it's clear after these games. And a little bit unfortunate for their fans because there was so much hype before the start of the year. Um, but, you know, that's life. It, it just shows that they've got a bit more to go. Um, but 
you know, it's a start of good things for Everton, I think, in general. Yeah, it was um like Everton, unfortunately, you know, they got the rough end of the stick in terms of their fixtures. But, you know, if you told them that there'd be four points after five games, even with those fixtures, I think most fans would be disappointed. Because a lot of fans were expecting Big challenging for that top six spot and kind of trying to make it a top seven. And it just shows that they're not quite there yet. Something about Everton, they're incredibly slow. They're really, really slow. They don't have much pace going through their, their team, which is like, you know, they've got great players, but they need that bit of pace. They took off um, Davis coming um, like a little bit after half time, and that was a lot of their pace takes takes them off. Um, you know, Rooney coming off, I think a little bit having that class would have been nice to stay on for the rest of the game. But, yep. you know, an older player, you might need to manage him a bit more. They they did go out. They put Morales on. They they went for a bit more of an attacking style after kind of Rooney went off. And um, unfortunately, that opened up their midfield. And that's kind of what ended yeah, up what? being their demise. We'll move yep. on from that game. But we'll move on to... The uh the, is the Wembley not, curse Tottenham yeah the Wembley curse well at the end of the week it was during the week it was fantastic we'll um we'll start with the Champions League game um yeah they're lucky they were very lucky <laughs> in all honesty like three ones looks like we are and everyone kind of says that you know we were the better team and all that it was pretty even I think a two all two all draw probably was the right yep. call to be honest they had an offside well, a goal called oh, offside Aubameyang, oh, Aubameyang. that was shocking wasn't fantastic it fantastic strike oh my god that was good like absolutely Swedish song song was good um. Well, Sun. yeah, Sun's goal was good. Kane's, both Kane's goal were very nice. Um, the the opening goal from the uh, Dortmund, whose name I can't remember, was absolutely yeah. fucking flush. Um, one of the you know on his Champions League debut as well. What a start, eh? Yeah, it's just like you know, it's, if that goal uh, gets counted, it's two all, and the game's open, and it's it changes everything, and that's something that you know a lot of people are trying to forget. Uh, there was a little bit of hint of offside in Dortmund's first goal, so maybe it's a bit of karma coming back the other way. But yeah. like I, you know, like it's just one of those things. I'm yeah, very happy to get that win because a win like that could be the reason or the difference between getting through to the knockouts or not, considering we're in a very tough group. Well, that's exactly right. As you know, as me as a Liverpool supporter, I know for a fact that you know these wins are so crucial at the start because once you get those you know those first couple of games in. Um, and you find yourself out of that top two, you're crawling your way back, and you don't have enough time, to be honest. You know, you've only got the two games against, you know, all three teams, and, um, yeah, it can be the difference to start compared to, you know, some other teams. So the fact that they got, you know, got a start, got a win at Wembley, I think it was massive. It was a bigger result than it looks like on paper, I think. Well, it looked like at that stage the Wembley curse was up, and we're, we're good. Well, everyone, we you know, Kane scored... I think it was six goals across three different kind of competitions, uh, club, league, club, Champions League, and international in the space of two weeks. And, you know, it's a pretty handy start for Kane. And then he comes across Swansea and... Can't find the back of the just net. no one can. It was just... It was just a so frustrating game to watch because we had every. And, and it would have been even more frustrating, I think, after the Dortmund game. Like, you, you play, like there would have been some Spurs fans out there that have gone, okay, it's over now. The curse is over. Let's move on. We've got Swansea. Here we go. Three points and a backward step, I'd say. Yeah, 100%. Um, credit to Swansea where it's due, though. It defended actually really well, to be honest. Um, they didn't create any chances, really. They didn't need to. It's like, you know, they, they were after one thing, and that was a point. They really, the way um, Spurs were setting up, and the problem with Spurs is that they don't have that killer instinct, and I think that that's... Um, something that you know other teams have. I think that a team like I, I like I usually say Liverpool, but the fact that Liverpool could put away Burnley kind of makes me question that. You know, like, but I think that United and City both had that instinct that yep. you know those you know that 
the teams below them probably don't have as much. And, and there was a stage, I think it got to about the 70, probably 75th, 80th minute. And I was just like, we're not going to score. Like, uh, I, you know, when you kind of... Like, it's, usually, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, usually I'm very hopeful and I think, you know, we're only one pass away or something, but it just didn't look likely. Um, You know, the only good things is Sissoko's looking decent on the ball. You know, he's taking people on and creating oh, chances. What a, what a 180 that is. I told you, I said, I said at the start of the season that Sissoko would, uh, would have a break. No, but then you were straight back off him again. Yeah, of course. And he's not fantastic, but... <laughs> yeah, he's not. Perfect. How much better is he? Like, are you happy that you kept him? Look, like looking at him at early stages. Oh, look, I, I, we're always going to keep him. I'm happy that we, if we're going to spend thirty million on someone and drop him after a year, I'd be very disappointed in that. But yeah, I think that um, he's showing a little bit of worth. I think he's not absolutely setting the world on fire, but that's that's okay. We'll give him a bit of time for that. We still need to get some players back in. I, you know, Lamella's still on, on fucking cocaine, so he needs to get back <laughs> soon enough. I swear, that's I I reckon one day that's going to come out. It's just like, you know, paper's going to come he out. You actually reckons he's on cocaine? No, I, I, something's up. I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't think he's just gone missing, hasn't he? He's, just, he's been missing, for, I swear it's been about a year now. <laughs> it's all, it, feel, it feels like a year. It's probably been yeah. eight months, nine months that he hasn't been seen on, on the pitch. Um, anything else you got to say to this game? It might be dead. Yeah, it could be dead. Yeah, that's, that's probably the last thing I take away too. We'll move on to... Um, <laughs> no, just, just I'll ask you if you... What did you say? Yeah, yeah, okay, go, go on. No, what did you say? I said we're going to move on, but yeah, go on. No, what did you, you say before that? No, that's, that's, that's all I said. No, you didn't. You said something funny, then you laughed. No, I was, I was saying that's the best takeaway from it, that he could be dead. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd never asked you what you were going to say. Um, questions? What needs to happen for Tottenham to... To turn this around at Wembley because it's obviously becoming a very big problem. Oh, uh, we can just not play there, which we're not for the next few games, which is good. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I have no idea what to say. Like uh, you yeah. started off well away, we're fantastic away. Yeah. So what's the difference? Have we conceded away? I don't think we have. Like, what's the difference between playing at Wembley and playing away? Um, it's just a mental thing at this stage. I think it's like, as I said, it's kind of like a palace habit now. It seems like it's a mental thing for them to score. Like they're so worried about doing it. They're, they're so infatuated on it that they can't do it. Um, I, I have no answer for you. I wish I did. I like, you know, I've had this, <laughs> yeah, a lot of, uh, I've had this asked to me a few times and I used to have an answer. I used to be able to say like, it's because of this or this. I, at the moment, I just yeah, have you've, you've been exhausted. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just a bit stumped. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't even try and give like, oh, it's because of this. It's just like. It's just mental. I can't like it's a, it's the meme. It's it's literally a meme now, and Spurs are le- letting the meme come to reality. Uh, if, if we can keep it up on in Champions League, that's fine. Like yeah, I'd be happy with that. But we need to turn around the Premier League <laughs> at the end of the day. And that's the main thing, isn't it? And that's gonna you know, like obviously being in that top four is so important these days, and and definitely for top them. I feel like if you guys don't make the top four this year. It's a fail. It's a, it's a, not only it's a fail, I feel like it, it can drag you back down into that into that middle table kind of obscurity. <laughs> it could. It actually could. But yeah, it could. You don't it agree? Could. That could. It, like, worst case scenario, it definitely could, um, to be fair. We'll move on, but um, Chelsea-Arsenal, I had the absolute privilege of watching this game. Fuck me, it was boring. God, what well, you- I mean, what, I've been watching bits and pieces, and first of all, God, Fabregas is slow. <laughs> he dead. that one on one was absolutely pathetic. And which one? The one where he, he was a, he was in front by a street. He got the beautiful through ball, and Arsenal try to catch him out. So they try to catch him out the offside. In turn, he, Pedro. He, oh fuck! What did I say? You said Fabregas. Oh, yeah, they all look the same. Fabregas put through the ball. Fabregas put through the ball at Pedro. Sorry. And yeah. Pedro was ridiculously slow. Yeah, he was. He, he went down a few minutes earlier, so they might put that as an excuse. But that was such a poor one-on-one. That it was, was, wasn't it? And it felt like he's... He, 
It was one of those things where he just has it at his feet, tap it, tap, 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 and then just dinks it straight back into the check. And Sheck's probably laughing, to be honest. Yeah, it was, like this is a game, and I like, I, you know, it was very boring for a neutral. I think if you're a Chelsea fan, you'd be very frustrated. I think if you're an Arsenal fan, you'd be very happy. I think Arsenal would look fantastic. Arsenal were by far the better team here. Um, they had, yeah, I know you were going to say the other misses that they had throughout the game. Yeah, um, Ramsey, Ramsey, Ramsey followed by Lacazette, which one, is one of the which most was harder to miss. That was a Palace miss. That one. Yeah, it was that Ramsey run was the most unconvincing run of all time. I think and, but he just why, found his way there. That's what? why he got through. I think because every Chelsea player was just like he's going to pass it off or he's going to fall over himself. Yeah. And somehow he got through, and then Lacazette on the rebound. It was funny to see Sanchez laughing on the bench, which was fun. I thought. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, he was laughing like hugging his mate. And like all his mates are kind of like hands in the air, and he's like kind of laughing away. You know, it's, it's interesting. He's obviously he doesn't want to be there, isn't it? Well, he came on, didn't play, didn't play too bad. He didn't play too good, but yeah, um, like I thought Ramsey actually looked good throughout. Uh, probably the biggest talking points, um, David Louis red red card. card yeah. Um, have you seen this? I'd like your yes, I have. First. And smart play. Who did he take down? I can't remember. Who I think was. I can't remember who it was. But smart play by them by getting the ball out of the way completely. I don't, I don't think David Luiz cared that much. And he just kind of committed. And then as soon as the ball fixed up, it's almost like he's just like, oh, I'm gone anyway. And just followed through. I don't know how he got surprised when he got a red card. Studs in the air, foot up, taking you're nearly snapping his fucking shit, mate. Yeah, there is he, something. He was definitely wrong. gone. It's, you know, I, I heard someone say, like, he was already on a yellow. So he was going to get a red card regardless. Mm. So, you know, whether it's second yellow or straight red, the only difference is that he's going to have to miss three games instead of one. Yeah. Which, is, like, at the end of it, that does actually mean something. It was... You know, it was a straight red challenge. Yeah, it was, 100%. That was, you know, it's dumb. It was dumb. Like, he, yeah, had, it was. he had control of the ball. He lost control of it. And then he... He almost just like did that slide tackle in anger. It literally was. It was just like he was frustrated and he put his studs up and like on. And not first, only just studs up. He he his 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 foot would have been mid shin height. Yeah, at, at, at first least. at first look it was red card absolutely straight away. As soon as I saw it, I was like he's getting sent off. Yeah, everyone around. I think everyone knew that. Yeah, and it's like ridiculous to see Conte like have to get an explanation from the fourth referee about why that was a red card. Like he's, yeah. he's about a meter away from it. He has to get an explanation. Of why that, that is something so. Like, it just shows how delusional some managers are sometimes. And delusional of fans. Like, I'm delusional as well as whatever. Oh, you're um, as one-eyed as it comes. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> See, oh, you're just a, um, a closet one-eyed supporter. Yeah, I am. I am. Always. Yeah. Best team in the club. The worst, the worst kind of one-eyed <laughs> supporter. But, yeah, in saying that, there, it was definite red card. And this was really a game of nothing, really. There was a couple of chances, obviously, Chelsea and Arsenal both had, you know, one decent chance. And, you know, as a, as anyone should say, those three clubs supposed to put away chances like that, which was disappointing. But nil, nil, it kind of keeps everyone at bay. It doesn't it doesn't send any team into meltdown just quite yet. When I'm talking about meltdown, I say Arsenal. <laughs> well, yeah, they Arsenal scored, but it was offside. And yeah. uh, unfortunately... Did you see the, you see the, um, the streaker on yes, the field? Yes, I was going to say, the, uh, the streaker runs on the field, gives it to the Chelsea supporters and doesn't realise it's an offside goal. <laughs> it was very late, but the camera was very late to pan over to the, uh, the the linesman. It's almost like they had the dramatic effect ready. And they're just like, hang on, <laughs> hang on, let's let them get excited. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just one of those things. You, you have a laugh and he, he probably won't be living that down for the rest of his life. Uh, we'll move on to, you know, another nil-all. You know, we've had a few of these three for the week. Um, it's very, It's been a very boring week. Everyone, so we apologise, but we don't actually play for these teams. <laughs> uh, West Brom, West Ham. Um, 
the battle of kind of the well, West Brom. I expected a one nil victory. Didn't get it. West Ham kind of. I guess I would have taken the point. What, going what did we in. say in the in the uh, predictions? I said one nil, and I don't know what you said. Who won this week? I won. I won this one. By a lot? Uh, not far off. I got two exact scores. And what did I get? How much uh, did I get right? You got, well, you got, mm, I think it's like five or six, correct? Which so is decent, got... one and three. And did I get any exact score? No, no exact scores. Oh, you fuck with. <laughs> and how did you, so you got, did your, did your exact scores get you over the line? Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. Did you, so you didn't get as much as me? No, no, we got the same amount, but my exact scores got over the line. But it should be it should be right. <laughs> Here we go. It should be um, whoever like exact score should only come in if we get the exact same. Uh, sorry, mate. Does, no, no, it doesn't. No, matter. it does go like that because we're arguing about it right now. No, it's not. If, on to the game, but no, hang on. If whoever gets the most right is the automatic winner, exact scores only come in when we're a draw. No, nah, it's not how it works. It. Whatever, we'll move on before I get angry. <laughs> West Brom, West Ham, <laughs> anything to say about this game? Uh, no. It's, <laughs> it, it really is kind of like... West Brom have a habit of playing these type of games every now and then where nothing happens, which is like... Nearly... And when I mean every every now and then, I mean every second week. <laughs> I was going to say, when have they not played a game like this? Um, Tully Poulos is the master of it, unfortunately. Um, but in saying that, you know, if they get another point, West Ham get another point, I don't think... <laughs> That either of these teams would be too disappointed. Well, I know who... I Look, we're not going to say about too much about this game. Um, I know who would be disappointed, and that's Stoke, because Newcastle have come off with their third win in a row. Oh, so we're going straight past oh, West Brom. Who cares about that game? No, nah, fair enough. Uh, Newcastle 2-1 over Stoke. Atsu getting his first goal for Newcastle. Um, yeah, great win. Yeah, and I, I watched a fair bit of this game. Um Newcastle generally look like the, the more dangerous side. You know, Stoke started really well. I thought they they were attacking, they were attacking in, and and, and Newcastle were they were held up really well in defence. Lascelles is really turning into a, um, a a true leader for Newcastle. Um, I didn't know too much about him last year, but this year he's been playing really well, and he's stood up to the to the challenge of Newcastle being in, in the Champions League. And I have a guy at work who is a Newcastle man, and he's from there, and he's 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 up and about at the moment, which is good. Um, and 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 it makes you kind of happy. This this is a club that deserves to be in the top flight. It's got a, a rich history. Um, it's got an absolutely unbelievable supporter base, which they sh- which is you know great. Um, and to see him, you know, I don't know, it's a second home win already, and you know, three weeks ago we will put him in his big trouble, but you know, Rafa Benitez does it again, and he he's proving you know more and more that he's turning players that were really championship players. I know Asu's. He had time at you know at Premier League clubs and he was touted to be one, a big player at one stage, but these are really nothing more than Championship players. Some of them and they're they're moving on now. They've it feels like they've learnt their their mistakes in the first couple of matches. You know, um, John Joe Shelby not hasn't gone straight back in, which is a sign of strength. He's um, he's proven a point. I think it's I can't remember the bloke's name, Marco Millen or something like that. Yep. Um, he's been playing really well. Um, yeah, and to be honest, Newcastle, they're moving in the right direction. And, and now they've got some points behind them. They can probably play with a bit more ease and a bit more comfort. And that will be the difference between them getting more points and then possibly falling into that relegation battle. Yeah, well, they're in the top four at the moment. I think that um, Rafa's kind of, he has a habit of making um, team be successful, not through pure skill, but through just 
like just determination. They're a team who kind of, they're just a grit. They're like a gritty team who just is going to play hard, going to tackle hard, and they're just, they're going to will their way, they will themselves over the line to get a point or three. Yeah, well, they they were impressive over the weekend and they deserved the win as well. Like watching the game, they, they just, the second goal was coming. Um, it was a bit unlucky that Shakiri scored, you know, in between then, but, the, you know, if you had to walk away from this game, you'd say Newcastle were the team that had, you know, enough chances to get the win. You know, Stoke, they did look good for at, at first. Stoke, I thought, this is this is not going to be good. Um, and I was, that was in Stoke's favour. But credit to Newcastle. They, they, they soaked up the pressure early, turned the game on its head, counter-attacked very well. And, yeah, three points all the way for Newcastle. And it's good. And, and as I said, they've got a very winnable game next week against Brighton. And, you know... If they win that on the weekend, that's four in a row. Yeah, um, they would absolutely be stoked with that result. Uh, we'll <laughs> <laughs> no, he's dead. We'll move on to the last game of the week. Uh, Huddersfield, Leicester, 1-1. Um, you know, this is two goals coming in with a space of about five minutes, 56th and 60th. Uh, what do we think of this one? Is well, Hull- that's just like Liverpool, happy? really, and Liverpool and Burnley. Yep. A lot of similarities between all these scores on the, on the weekend. Um, Huddersfield a bit unlucky. Vardy wins another... Vardy's turning into a player that I think he's very good at winning penalties. He runs very <laughs> yeah, direct, yeah. I yeah. think. And, you know, I think a lot of keepers now are so used to trying to um, slide in and, and used to players trying to run around and they kind of stick their arms out. And then it's almost like Vardy just keeps running straight and then he runs straight into their arms that are coming out and they, he just falls over and every time <laughs> he wins a penalty. Um, the other thing we I'll go about, He's a very good penalty taker, Vardy. He just hits it as hard as he can. I know that sounds stupid, but... We've said this before. Yeah, yeah we, he just we, puts we, I think we literally said this last week. We, he puts his laces through it, and he absolutely... You know, when he hits it, it stays hit. Yep. And, you know, I, I defy any goalkeeper to be able to dive quickly enough to one of these corners. These and to be honest, I don't think many of them want to. <laughs> no, no way. I wouldn't want to get in the way. No. We, we just had a crack at our Soccer Fives goalkeeping on the weekend, and uh, we didn't look too good at all, did we? <laughs> no, we didn't. I spent the worst part of two minutes on there, and it was the worst... <laughs> Worst and last two minutes I'll ever spend in goal. <laughs> um, the Potre scores, Huddersfield again. He's having a good start of the season. They're looking okay, Huddersfield. And I think the main point that I said to you last week is that they couldn't have two losses in a row. I think um, too many times, you know, these these clubs that come up, they have a really good start. Like they they'll they'll win the first game or they win the second game and then they get a couple of points in between and then they lose the game and then they kind of lose everything. And then next minute they've lost six in a row and they're and they're fighting themselves at the bottom. The fact that they've got back to make it like yes, it's only a draw, but the fact that they've already back and got another point and and they've got those points ticking over in the table, I think that's exactly what they needed. It they needed to stem the blood flow a little bit. Um, and it, where something like that could turn into three or four losses, it's now over and they start again. And then you know they got Burnley, which is. This is going to be an interesting challenge for both teams because both teams, I'd say, would be considering where they are on the on the table in form. Yep. And um, it's, this is going to be a one to really look out for. Yeah, I think that the uh, the result in, in itself is really positive for Huddlesfield. Taking a one one draw from Leicester before the year started, I think you take that any day of the week from a Huddlesfield. Well, you take a draw from any team, really. Yeah. If you're Huddlesfield. Yeah. If you take, you know, if you if you drew every game, you. Just about get out of relegation. So, yeah. I think I think the average. So, if I think if you got one point two points a game, I think the average eighth 
Yep, well, there you go. So, you know. You win a couple of those ones and away you go. Well, a draw every game is 38 points. So, yeah. And then the safety is 40. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> what we'll do is, but we'll, um, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Facebook's finest. We're going to do a, a bit of a, uh, a top 10 of the Premier League at the moment. And then we're going to look ahead to week six of the Premier League season. And now we're back to our favourite segment in our show. Um, we look at the keyboard warriors of the world. We look at the the stupidity that it is on the internet. Uh, Nick, what are we doing now, right now? Of course, this is Facebook's finest, and I still think we need to probably get another name considering we look at all forms of social media, not just Facebook, but I love the name. Mickey, do you want to take us out or do you want me to take us in? Take us in, Nick. Um, I've only got a couple this week. I, I really, sh- you know, people must be getting smarter across the internet or have blocked me from a few things because <laughs> they're not as straightforward as they used to be. Uh, okay, my first one now, I'm going down the, the Mickey route here. I'm going to try and explain what an, uh, an image. Now, this is going to be tough for me. I'm, I know I'm going to be better than you at it, but this I'm, is... I'm not the greatest. This is on um, Raheem Sterling's Snapchat. Now, Raheem Sterling um, is good friends with Leroy Sane. Sane was getting a tattoo. Now, if anyone who doesn't know, Sane has a massive, massive tattoo on his back of basically him. He has a tattoo of himself. Yes, I I have noticed that. And it's... Is it winning the World Cup? Uh, Yeah, I think so. It's hard to make out. And and with the caption, but he's getting some work done on it. And Sterling has taken a photo and with his own caption on his Snapchat, it's gone, what a shit tattoo. My name is Leo Sane and I love myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, so heading on to me, and um, there was a, a thing on on Facebook about um, Kante receiving a quite a hefty improvement in FIFA eighteen us uh, eighteen. Yes, yeah, well, I, I get confused sometimes. Um, which I I would say, being the PFA Player of the Year, you you probably deserve one. Um, not according to Paul Branch, who has a Liverpool photo as his background, so. I'm a part of all Liverpool fans. We don't all agree on this. Um, yep. Just like to make that clear. Uh, pretty much saying he's the most overrated player in the league and was found out against Burnley, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, Burnley, yeah, they did beat him, so has a bit of backing behind that one, at least. It, well, to be honest, yeah, I don't really agree since he's won the Premier League the last two years. <laughs> I've got a good one for you, Mickey. Um, you know, Everton have come out, and yeah, I think you've noticed this throughout... The, um, the season so far, there's been kind of um, little sponsorships on the side of their on the, on the arms. You know, Liverpool are the first club to do that, actually. Yeah, um, so Everton have one. And have you seen what it is? It's Angry Birds, isn't it? It is Angry Birds. Now, I've got a, cap- I've got a caption and I've got a picture of... <laughs> I think I've seen Ward. this one. Wayne Rooney with the, uh, with the Angry Birds... Uh, logo on his sleeve saying, nice to see Colleen Rudy is sponsoring Everton. <laughs> <laughs> not bad, not bad. Not bad. Um, as we all know, FIFA, oh, sticking with the FIFA role, um, FIFA 18 is coming out soon. And I read a tweet which is quite funny by Michael Mikey Aspen. He said, I quote, if I spend £52.99 on FIFA 18 and Martin Tyler is still wanking Alan Smith off about how good he was in the air when he played, it's going back. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Every year, Mickey. Uh, I've, got a, I've got one for you. Um, now, you've probably noticed on Facebook whenever there is some kind of tra- um, disaster happening, there is, you know, you mark yourself safe on Facebook. Yep. 
um, there's this tweet coming from uh, Warren Fawn saying, how long until Arsenal fans start marking themselves as safe on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> well, they did get a fair few fans in at the Emirates the other night, so um, wouldn't be thing. Now, this one's a bit sour taste, Nick. Oh, um, okay, here we go. I would just like to stress that I didn't actually oh, make this one. Here we go. But um, former Tottenham youth manager and professional footballer, or oh, former def- you know defender for Aston Villa. Yep. Um, Hugo Ihogo. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but we all know who I'm talking about. Nick's not laughing. I'm very bad with names. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I know the player. I just can't pronounce his name. It's, it's even more funny because what you're about to say. Nick, say Winaldo. Monyo. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly you right. Go, keep going, keep going. Um, it's, this is very bad taste, but a bookmaker apologised after offering 66 to 1 for him to become the new manager of Birmingham. Um, he died in April. <laughs> now, I'm trying to... You're evil, Nick, and you're going oh, to hell. that's just like... It's just cringeworthy, isn't it, really? It's just so, like, ridiculous. And you... I did actually see on the betting slip that he was on there. Like, he generally was on the, on the betting slip. So it's not even like a made-up thing. It's not like people are putting it on. No, it, it was. You could have bet on him. Yeah, I got one. Have you got any more for me, Nicky? Uh, I'm out this week. I, I think got, I sh- I'll leave on that one before I get sued. I got one. I got one more for you. Um, again on Rooney. If uh, as we know, Rooney got done for drink uh, driving. Drink driving. Um, uh, Mickey Quinn came out with this one saying, if Rooney get Rooney gets six points for his driving ban, he goes above Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Who I think are, are just, uh, I did say that actually. I did say that one. I think they're just above relegation at the moment, so it makes a bit of sense. Yeah, it does. What I wanted to do to you, Mickey, um, yeah, you were saying this before, and a couple of your ones revolved around this. FIFA 18 is coming out. One of our favorite games that comes out, even though every one year of. it's basically the same. One of. It's the, it's the best game ever. I literally have bought it every year on the day it's coming out since 2006. It's a beautiful game, isn't it? Um, are we all many hours ignoring family and friends for playing FIFA. You're, you've already been kind of touting how good Ultimate Team is going to be. and For the Premier League faithful, it's going to be unbelievable. And on that... get the pace. <laughs> and on that, they have released their top 10 players of rated players in the Premier League. Now, so, so, Nick, basically what you're saying is, um, if for people who don't have FIFA or don't know about it, each player has a rating. Um, out of 100. You know, out of 100. Uh, the top players are averaged. The top, top players, is, there would only be one or two or three, would be 90 to 93 on average, maybe even as high as 94, which is getting a bit ridiculous. Um, we're talking about the top top players. They probably from they average from about um, ninety to eighty five. Nick. Yeah, I think the starts come in 87, 87 yeah. to ninety. So, um, but also, um, you know, each year, you know, players go up and down can, compared to how the, what season they've had. So, yeah, basically. of course. Um, so I'm going to round off in order what the uh, who are the top ten players. I won't give, worry about the, the ratings in general, but I just want to tell you who these guys are. I wouldn't mind knowing the ratings, but well, I okay, I can give you the I can give you the basic okay. ratings. Okay, so we're gonna start. Uh, David Silva coming in at eighty seven. Yep. Fair. Uh, Mesut Ozil coming at eighty eight. Yeah, I don't agree with that whatsoever. But Hugo Lloris at eighty eight. Oh. Ibra at eighty eight. Oh. Now De Bruyne eighty nine. I would have said I have it, you know. Courtois, 89. Sanchez, 89. Oh, no, he had a good season. (laughs) Aguero, 89. Yep. Uh, David De Gea. (laughs) He's had a different (laughs) Should have been higher. (laughs) I was going to say it should have been higher, but Uh, I thought it would have been De Gea at 90. Yep. And Hazard at 90. Hazard is 
uh, actually rated the best of the 90s. Okay. Um, what do we think of that? What In general, first, I'll just give your initial thoughts. Anyone to stand out in terms of... Uh, uh, Ozil getting 88 is pretty extreme. I didn't think his season last year was warranted that whatsoever. Because he, he was 87... If I remember rightly, in two thousand uh, FIFA seventeen, sounds about right. Yeah. So he's he's gone up one, having a poor season. Sanchez eighty nine, you say? Yes, eighty nine. Should have been eighty eight, just because Agüero's eighty nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, De Gea, I think, is warranted. I think Courtois didn't have that good of a season, did he? He's a very good player, but he's maintained that kind of rating. He's usually a bit low, like yeah, eighty seven, eighty eight. Um, it was eighty eight last year. Yeah. So, so was Loris. Well, Warriors have maintained, so that's not yeah. too, that's not too bad. Did he, do you reckon he did enough to maintain it? Um, I feel like in this game, I feel like to maintain eighty eight or higher is you've got to have a decent season. Like you can't have a poor season and keep that rating because it's it's so high. It's interesting that Pogba actually went down. Pogba went down um, from an 88 to 87, which I thought was a bit strange. Yeah, but considering that a lot of the people maintain their ratings based on name alone, which I think Ozil went up on name alone, basically. Yeah, it's and, and, and too, don't forget, like, the players that are with EA Sports are also going to get the favourable, you know, the favourable thing. And in saying that, you know, I think Cristiano Ronaldo is the highest rated on the game this year yes. and happens to be the cover star. all the ads. Yeah. He's the cover star. He is the cover star. So, so it's, it's, you know, it leans in that favour. So with this, Mickey, I wanted to kind of put to you, and we, uh, we've we done this before we've um, started the show, I wanted you to write down in order who you think the 10 best Premier League players are. Now, this kind of encompasses what they've done, what they're doing right now, and they're kind of what how good they are overall. Um, we don't have to give ratings to it. I just want to hear your 10 through ten through 5, we'll say, and I'll, I'll run down mine. How about we go one, like one, one, you go, you know. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. Then. So number one, I've got Kevin De Bruyne. Number one. Yep. He's best player in the league. Yeah, I've got the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bru- I don't think there's, like, I, I don't think anyone would really argue too hard against it because I think if somebody fought somebody else, they would probably accept the fact that De Bruyne would be very close to him. And the thing that he was at Chelsea at one stage and they let him go. There you go. He's uh, come back to haunt him. Number two. Number two, I've got Sergio Aguero. Is that just because you love him or? No, I, I, rate, I like. I generally stick by my guns. I rate him that highly. I think he's an unbelievable player. Um, you think of everything that he's done, you know, at, at the past and, and the present. He's playing very well at the moment. He's just got a hat trick on the weekend. Don't forget. I've got. And he'd be top scorer nearly, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, he would probably after a hat trick. I'd say yeah. he probably would be. Uh, I got David De Gea at number two. I think yeah, I think he's a good player. I think he's the best goalkeeper in the world. Uh, number three, I've got Harry Harry Kane. Harry Kane, number three. I, well, he's the he's the, he's the future one. It's funny because I've I've actually gone down your end. I've got Sadio Mane at number three. Yeah, weird. Um, are we best best friends? <laughs> I think Mane at the moment is the best player in the league. I really do. At the I, moment, at the moment, currently he's better than De Bruyne. I, well, actually, I think them two could toss up. They could toss each other off until they work out who it is. But I, yeah, I generally think that before his red card, he's unstoppable. I don't think that he does this every week, and he is just so good. He's on so the consistent, ball. isn't he? That's a, that's the main thing. De Bruyne is almost perfect in terms of how good he's on the ball and he's passing. He's just like I never like through never my time. Like yeah, like it he, seems like he's got the world of time at his feet. He's somebody, yeah, like yo, know, people go like who, who they remind you of, and the only comparisons they make is like. Like Beckham, <laughs> you know, and would you or make Zidane it? Or yeah, like Zidane, stupid, like yeah, like gigs or like you know someone like that. And it's just the, got, the top top, you know, the, yeah, you know, and soon they'll be saying they could comparing him to De Bruyne. He's a fantastic player. Number four, Mickey. 
Number four, I have De Gea. David De Gea? I've got Alexis Sanchez. I think I would have... Look, to be honest, I've, I've kind of flip-flopped with Sanchez because I think at the moment he's... Obviously, he's not really playing for the club, which made me want to... At one stage, I had him down to about eight. But I, I think that his quality Ooh. shines through. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, number five. Uh, number four for me is Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane? Yeah. Uh, I've got Sergio Aguero, funnily <laughs> enough. Yeah, okay. <laughs> A bit low. A bit low. One, one, one stop spot low. Well, low. to be fair, like... You I, think he's better than Sanchez? No, I don't. That's why I put Sanchez above him. Yeah, that's the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. It's not right, Nick. Nicky, I'm telling you. Nick, it's not. What has he won? What has he done? I, Absolutely I, I love nothing. The, I love the argument about like what have they won? Like what what's they done in the nationality? Because somebody raised this argument. I'll go sidetrack for a second. They were saying oh, like because Harry Kane's done. You know, Harry. They always say about Harry Kane. He's scored hundred goals faster than like all these players. Blah 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 blah. Which you know means as much as you want it to be really. And they go, he'll never be on Henry's level until he you know he wins something with these uh, with his country. And I kind of go, well, if you put Henri in the England team, they would not win anything. No. <laughs> like, yeah, as much as as much as Henri was an amazing player, and don't forget he was part of that France side that got knocked out in the group stage. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. Like Cambodia or some and, bullshit well, team. It's just like you know, how like unfortunately, you know, a team isn't built around one player, and you know, to say that and you, too bad England's only got one player. And England, yeah, he could have you know, an average as hell side, and you know, Henri would not make them a world champions. No, well, Harry Kane isn't doing that at the moment. So exactly, and at the moment he's unstoppable. There you go. Um, who you got next? What are we up to? Number six. Number six. I've got Eden Hazard. Hazard. I've got Harry Kane. I think Harry. It's funny actually. I've got Aguero above Harry Kane, um, but I think that overall, kind of, he's got the longevity a bit more than Harry Kane. So I kind of have a bit more, and I do have ties of Aguero. I really do like him as the a ties. player. Uh, Aguero! <laughs> so that's the thing, like, if you look at, like, that isn't, like, long history ago. That was only a few years ago. That was, like, that was like six years ago. Think about the fact that he's created the biggest moment in Premier League history. <laughs> and you're putting San Chitty Sanchez that doesn't even want to stay at Arsenal. Next up. Who wants to play for it? Number seven. Would Aguero start again above Sanchez at Man City? Uh, well, it depends where you want to play him. Up front. Up front as a striker? I could probably, uh, I reckon Jesus might take a backseat to um, to uh, Sanchez. Oh, gee, imagine them as a three. <laughs> Don't even start. Don't even start. The South American. Oh, the South American is just running me, wild. Um, number seven? Number seven, I have Alexis Sanchez. Oh, there you go. I've got Hazard at number seven. Number eight. Now, this is where I go a bit off the wall here because I want to encompass around the field as much as, and we were talking about this before, if we wanted to had the absolute best and kind of the flair, like the flair plays and all that, it'd be about 10 attacking midfielders and, or eight attacking midfielders and two strikers. And I didn't want to do that. So yeah, what, who that's, you... that's so hard because I've got a defender in there as well. Um, I've gone, but in Santa, in, for eight, I've got Felipe Coutinho. You've got Coutinho in your top 10. He's good. Mate, he's one of the best players in the country. Mm, okay. Uh, I'll put it this way, right? <laughs> yeah. 86 rated well, in FIFA, myself. 86 rated was just bullshit. <laughs> Should have been... It, how he's not rated more than Ozil? Uh, yeah, I think that they look in all honesty, and I don't like. I think Ozil should have probably been down to eighty-seven, maybe eighty-six with Coutinho. Think about this: is he's got that attacking midfield role. De Bruyne's better than Coutinho, yeah. Yep. Ericsson? I think Ericsson and Coutinho are bang on. I think it's hard because we're biased as hell. Like in terms, like in terms of right, we'll, players, we'll take Ericsson out of the out of the conversation. Do you reckon he's better than David Silva? Um. 
No, I think David Silva's better. No, I don't reckon. <laughs> it's not true. I, I think I think Sanchez is better when he plays that position. Um, what then, Coutinho? Yeah, cool. you are kidding. You're you're having a yeah. No, that's kind of bias, but it's not the point. He doesn't play in that position, Sanchez. He can, he can play that cam. Oh, he's not that good. He can, like, he, he's he better only, on the wing. Yeah, he's better on the wing, but he can play that cam. He he can play all across that front that uh, attacking midfield position. I just think that you continuously underrate Coutinho. Uh, he single-handedly sometimes won us games. I, I, okay, I, if he does it this season, let me know. You won't need. I won't need to let you know. <laughs> Just let me know, mate. Like, you know, Ericsson's done it already for Spurs. How many, so. how many teams? Are, how many players are Barcelona going for? One or uh, two. It's and funny. Going for it's funny. You know who else they're going for now? Ericsson. They've turned. No, they've turned their attention for Coutinho. Who? Sadio Mane. I'm not kidding. I know. I read it during the week. <laughs> I, I brushed it aside and tried to hide it under my bed. So uh, I think they've worked out who's the better player out of those two. And <laughs> like, seriously, cunts, just leave my players alone. <laughs> um, well, I don't even know what number. Um, who's you say number eight? And you said Coutinho. I've got Matic from Manchester United. I think that he is the best holding midfielder or in that position in the comp. I know you probably have a different player in there. And I you know, stick by my guns because I think he's going to be the, known as the best signing of the summer. And out on the weekend, he was just, he was unbelievable. He was the difference between Everton scoring or not. And he was unreal. Covered the whole pitch. I'm just still disappointed to think that Barcelona would be going for my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, we'll move on to number nine. Uh, hey, I didn't even say who I was number eight. Yeah, you said number eight, mate. Oh, yeah, I said Coutinho. Well deserved. <laughs> number nine, Mickey. Um, I have to think that, you know, you, you're probably going to disagree with me. This one... And he does have a lot of injuries, but when he's on the pitch and he's playing the way he's playing, Vincent Company has to be the best defender in the Premier League, oh, just... and probably been the best defender for a long time. Oh, not a long time because there's been some good defenders in the, back in the day. But you know, when he, Company plays for City, right, he turns them to un, a team that's unstoppable. I don't know. I, I just don't have this one with you. I, I'm, I, 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 I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's fantastic, but. He he hasn't had a really great season. He turns a while. Manchester City into an unstoppable team, like literally unstoppable. Unfortunately, but like you know, you could say that anybody does that. But uh, like you know, if I had a broken leg, I could say I could turn Barcelona into an unstoppable team. But you know, I can't show it because I've got a broken leg. He's no, always, he's he always injured. Say, yeah, but he's he's like unfortunately. But you, if you broke your leg, whether your leg was fucking super saiyan or not, you would not be in the Barcelona team. Look, yeah, you don't. I mean, Manchester City team. Don't underestimate me, Mickey. Yeah, but I just yeah. I've I, seen you play on a Thursday night. You know, good. It's funny. Yeah, beautiful goal on the weekend, but um, I. Just think that you know, because you are. I actually mentioned to you, I was like, "Well, who else is going to get in as a as the kind of the centre back?" Because I've got my centre back, and you s- and you said company, and I was just like, "I thought you were taking the piss at first. But and- at the same time, but like this guy, as I said, man, he, he's the heart. Like when he plays, That's- we're we're talk- we're we're not. In this argument, right, this doesn't include injuries. We don't go, if this guy was not injured. That's ex- You never said that in the conversation. No, but that's like that's just an obvious thing. No, like, it isn't an obvious e- thing. Okay, you, so, on the pitch, on the pitch. If In your in your logic, if somebody played an amazing game and you know, scored six goals and then broke his leg the next day, you'd have to rate him on that six-goal game for the rest of his career. And I'd be like, well, he's the best ever. He averages Which, six goals a game. If we're talking about a career, but we're talking about when he played. Well, he doesn't play. That's the problem. Well, he, I'll, yeah, I'll, well, we'll that's move to a, on. Just to a degree. Well, well, that's that's my issue with him. Um, I, I understand why you put him there, but I just don't think he's up there. I'd have, I'd have, I think there's a. Few I don't defenders. rate manage there. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. That's your opinion. He's a fag. <laughs> uh, I've I've gone for Toby, Toby Alderweireld. I think he's 
been the best um, centre back in the league for t- at least two years. Um, this is coming on to his third. He's still the best centre back in the league by far. I don't think there's anyone even close to him. Gary Cahill? Gary, actually, no, Gary Cahill's okay. And my number 10 is actually is probably a good shout at it as well. I think some people, I remember somebody saying Van Dyke's the best. I know everybody's up on arms about Van Dyke. He's not that good yet. Like, you know, he's still got a lot to develop. I, you know, uh, I heard someone say Maguire as well. And I thought, you oh, know, I said, I reckon Harry Maguire's an absolute bargain. He's, he's, he's a very good player. He's a very good player, but there's a difference between a very good player and the best in the league, of course. Um, you know, but can you honestly say that Alderweireld is the best? Yeah. There need to be a street better for him to be the best. And I don't think he's a street better. I don't think he's a street better, but I think he's. I think if anyone was to put their absolute best two centre backs into your side, he would be in everyone's choices. Everyone's choices. Every- what about it- Phil Joseph here? Pardon? What about Phil, Phil Well, I think, Bays, I think Eric Bay has been, been fantastic for yeah, United. So I, I think he's been great. That rubs out your theory. Because no, I, no. I wouldn't necessarily put Aldo Wild in there. Yeah, but that's because you have no idea. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to your number 10, Mickey. Because One, I- Well, I don't know. Like, I feel bad for putting this guy at 10. Okay. And I don't know why he's not in your list. Like, Who we got? Uh, Ngolo Kante. Yeah, uh, Kante was a hard one for me to leave out. I don't uh, know how... He's a player of the year. Yeah, he is. And he's a fantastic player. I think that... Yeah, he's... he's an, a fair, he was in my original draft. I think that he was, you know, somebody that is a great player, but I think he's had a bit of a slow start to the season. And I don't think that he's... So on the basis of... So, with, so you're talking right. Your whole yeah. argument is that a, a guy's injured for a certain amount of games, but... Five poor games by one guy is enough to kick him out of the top ten. Look, he got he got put into he was the player of the year due to how how good he played. No, he was player of the year due to the kind of the hype that surrounded him towards the, no. end of the back end. No, of the no, season. no, 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 no. He, he was he, one. Of, he was a standout player of the year. Oh, he was a great player. He had an unbelievable season. Like, no, who, who had a better season? Than he? I'm not saying anybody did, but I'm saying that. So, like, what, what was the point of the argument? Well, the point is that like yeah, he's somebody who. Well, at my probably point is that there wasn't really any amazing players last season. Yes, there was. It was N'Golo Kante. <laughs> like, I, I just don't think there was, like, there wasn't any absolute beast. Like, you know, all the absolute guns, maybe Sanchez was probably better than him last season, in all honesty. But Kante was playing the, uh, what I'd call the popular position at the time, which still is, as as every um, team besides Liverpool, funnily enough, have it now. And, you know, Liverpool seem to be the only team without that kind of CDM position. And that's probably what stopped. Yeah, about that. four of them. Yeah, I know, but that's that's it's funny because like Liverpool, I just pulled that off at the top. That you guys are probably the only team who don't have that, and that's what every good team really needs. Um, Kante's a great player. I'm not saying he shouldn't be on the, on the list, but he just he missed mine because I wanted only one of those positions, and I went for Matic because I think he's a better player. Yeah, okay. I don't really agree with you, but that's the whole point of this topic, I think. Uh, and num- my number 10 is another bit of a different one off the back, uh, coming from Chelsea, Aspilicueta. I think Aspilicueta is a criminally underrated player. He's somebody who's played on the left, right, and in the cent- central role at the back. He consistently, um, assi- he's had a few assists already this season. He's just looking so sharp, and he's done this for years and upon years. One of the best FIFA buys you can get every season. He's but, not quick enough. Yeah, well, probably not quick it enough. Piss me off. <laughs> but he's, um, I thought last many season, a time I've yelled Aspera Quetta down the down my hallway, and uh, why why you no run? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, like it's a bit of a different one, I know, but I thought that you know I tried to kind of spread across my field. And uh, Mickey, is there any honourable mentions you want to give? Um. Yeah, there's a few. Just give it off the top, mate. 
I think Matic is definitely one. I agree, he's, he's a very good player and he's changed the way Manchester United have played and I think Pogba's going to come into that conversation very soon. Yep, I agree. Um, Lukaku's probably stiff as well while yeah. we mentioned Manchester United players. Yeah, he was in my original draft actually, Lukaku, and I just like... I had to kind of switch up my positional plays and I kind of went, mm, sorry, yep. mate, you're out. <laughs> um, David Silva, I think, is another one that's, yep. you know... Um, looking at players like that are, you know, outside those, you know, initial top six, I think um, Sigerson had a great year. I don't think he's in the top ten, but yep. he's definitely worth a little bit of a mention. I think Harry Maguire's turning into a really good player. Um, one manager, who would you pick? One manager? Yeah. For... So, so you got we got the ten. We got who's the manager? Who's got the twenty to pick from? <laughs> the best manager. I would go with. Oh, I don't want to sound like that. I'm gonna go. With... You can't say. Well, you can't say Poch, but yeah, no, I won't say Poch just on that. But I, I don't think I would have said him anyway. Um, oh, I was gonna go Marco Silva until they got. I was thinking Marco Silva until as well. they got absolutely abolished this week, and it kind of makes me go off. Forget, what about Rafa? Man, get, get Rafa in. I'm, I'm going for Rafa. You can't just go for a Rafa. He's only been in here five games. Oh, what a five games he's been. He's won three games. No, I think. I think I got um I got Conte just on the way he yeah. changed changed it around last year for Chelsea and, and turned them into a winning team. That's a fair I think, shout. Um, I think the way he adapted a lot of managers would have crumbled and would have been too stubborn or thing. And he really he really created that three at the back system and now every team nearly uses it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how many guys can you say have really just created something and then within a course of a year you find most teams in Europe you know using the same system. Um, that is incredible influence, I think. Yeah, he like he almost introduced it to the Premier League, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, you're right. Every you know, most of the good teams now have a uh, a structure where they do play three at the back, and the wing back positions now become so important, mainly because of him. And and, uh, he, and he turned players like Victor Moses into champions. You know, of really England. really average players. Well, they looked like average. Yeah, players they, on like, paper. they looked like they had no future at the club at the start of the year, and he turned them into you know, you know, players that were playing every week and playing really well. Yeah, um, in terms of, I'll give a couple of shout-outs for me for the top 10. I think that, you know, I, I think that David Silva was very unlucky. I think that, you know, somebody... Is it like Coutinho is unlucky for you? Because um, he was in my list. Mm, Coutinho would be unlucky. Like, he'd be my next 10. Like, you know, I wouldn't say, I don't know where he'd be in the next 10, but he'd be there. Probably number one? No, probably not. Um, I, you know, you on, on, on Coutinho, I'd go, I'd chuck Ericsson in there as well. I, yeah, I have yeah a so- was in there too. I have a sauce. Dali Ali? No, nah, I wouldn't put Dali Ali in there. I top twenty? No, nah, I think Dali Ali is probably top thirty, maybe top forty. I, I really, you know, I, you and me, are like me and the general public, or like what people perceive him to be, are very different on Dali Ali. I don't think he's as good as what everybody says. I think um, Jordan Pickford for a young goalkeeper Ooh, yeah. was really stood up. I think you know he he'd be looking at top twenty thirty. Um, I think Jack Butland as well. You know, England have some really good keepers coming through. Um, well, those two are fantastic. They, yeah, they Butland. really are. They're going to be the future. But who go? Who who do you pick as number one at the moment? I think Butland has to. Oh, just, like, through experience? Yeah, I just think that he's, you know, somebody, before he had his injury, what, a season or two ago, he was by far the best goalkeeper in the league. Like, you know, And the, f- he, the thing is, he's, he's at a club where he could probably get picked up pretty pretty easily. I feel like Pitford was, that's a steal, as I've said many weeks, but Button's the next one that's just 
kind of at that middle tier club that can go on to be the next keeper of a, of a massive club. I just don't think the big ones need one at the moment. I think what? Arsenal should be looking at him. I think Liverpool should what, definitely I, be looking at him. I, don't, I was about to say, why wouldn't Liverpool be looking at him? I know. <laughs> so I, I would love to have him there. Yeah, he'd be the absolute perfect get. I think he should be your first choice England goalkeeper. Joe Hart needs to go. Like, nothing against him. We've said this a few he's times. Just, but he's just done. He's just too old. He's just like, you know, bringing the new blood kind of thing. I think that, you know, he brings a bit of leadership to the pitch, but I think that you can bring that elsewhere of that. But moving on from that, Mickey. Worst player in the Premier League. There you go. What we talk, talk worst player in the Premier the League. Worst one. There's bad ones, isn't it? There are some really average players going around at the I'm moment. Trying to think any, of any that come to mind or... No, I just kind of blurred that question out without any thought. <laughs> uh, I'll go Granite Shaka. He's pretty bad. Just I'm be- going to go Pierre Murdersaka. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you love him on FIFA. If you went to, when you play against him on FIFA, what about holding at the moment? He has to be the worst one so far. Yeah, it's very Rob. Um, yeah, Rob Holding is absolutely abysmal. What? We're not just picking on Arsenal. We're gonna, no, we're going to pick, pick another player. Um, <laughs> there's some absolute gag ones out there. Yeah, we'd have to probably come back. Maybe we'll do a top 10 uh, worst players list next week. Next week. <laughs> but what we'll have to do is we'll have to move on to our predictions for week six. Yep. I have gone 4-1 ahead in the predictions. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to kind of you know start uh, losing on purpose just to get Mickey on the way there. Mickey, uh, do you want to take this first one or do you want me to? Tottenham West Ham, Nick. I'll take it. Thank you. Um... <laughs> I think Tottenham are going to pump them West Ham this week, 3-0. Wow. Harry Kane to score all two. And but- Daly to score one. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I didn't mind that. I was, I was a bit confused at first. But you got <laughs> yeah, me. I was you, trying to stay on the bus. You got me. Um, uh, it reminds me how I fooled that kid with the dollar coin today. <laughs> I- <laughs> Should I tell that story? No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you should. Uh, I, I actually think West Ham are going to win this. Um, West Ham have a really good record against Spurs. Wherever, whenever Spurs are playing away, they seem to pit points against us, and they seem they've done it at critical times over the last two seasons. I just they seem to get this one nil victory out of us, like for them. And yeah, I'm not. I there is a lot of me that probably says Spurs are going to win, but just on that, and I just think that you know sometimes history kind of rings true, and I think that West Ham will win one nil. Okay, uh, Burnley Huddersfield. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think. Burnley should just pull, pull the pin on it, like just get there, I think. Um, uh, I can't see Huddersfield conceding too many goals, to be honest. I think it might be a 1-0 victory, Chris, with the score. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the 1-1 draw with this one. I, I think both teams just... The pot trade score? Our boy Aaron Moy to score. We forgot to say he was number one. That's an honourable mention goes to Aaron Moy. Well, not after last week, he wasn't. Yeah, probably not. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go with the 1-1 draw. I think both teams are really out to kind of prove a point, and I just don't think there'll be one clear winner. Um, and yeah, Burnley Burnley kind of still a bit shaky at home for some reason at the moment, so <laughs> we'll continue on to that. Uh, Everton going up against Bournemouth. This is um, Everton's first kind of match out of their horror three, four weeks or whatever they've had, four weeks. And Bournemouth have just got off their win. What do we reckon? I think Everton have got a bit of a point to prove. I think they'll look back on their results and probably think they should have maybe got an extra win or an extra point here or there. So I think they're going to come out and take it to Bournemouth. I think they're going to win um, 3-1. I'm going to go similar. I'm going to go with an Everton win. I'm going to say 2-0. I was going to say 2-1, but 2-0 for Everton. Uh, we'll move on to the uh, Demolition Derby itself. <laughs> 7-0. Um, 
the Mighty Ducks versus uh, Mickey and Nick playing soccer fives. Uh, the Tottenham soccer chickens. <laughs> the Tottenham soccer chickens. Uh, Manchester City going one-on-one with Crystal Palace at the Etihad. Mickey, I'll, I'll give the ball to you, mate. What do you reckon? 7-0. You're actually serious? Yeah, 7-0. They, they beat a, a, a Watford side that look clearly better than Palace at the moment. 6-0, so I'm going to give them 7. Aguero hat-trick. <laughs> no, Aguero 4 goals. Actually, Aguero 6 goals. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm going to go with City 3-1. I think that they're going to get their goal, Palace, here. City aren't impenetrable at the back, and I think that Palace might just be able to kind of sneak one in late. That's my kind of hoping. Uh, we'll move on to 7-0. <laughs> Imagine getting that one right. I'll give you 10 points if you get that right, uh, okay? Does anyone hear that first? Yeah. <laughs> Southampton going one-on-one with Manchester United. This could be a, a bit of a danger game for United. They, you know, We've said this before, but United haven't played anyone that big yet. I still think Southampton are not that big. I think they're going to lose 4-0 this one. I, don't, I, I just can't see where the goal is going to come for Southampton. I think they were pretty lucky getting the first one on the weekend. And... Um, you know, United have got this incredible run of form and I just don't think they're going to let it go here. Yeah, I'm gonna, I was going to go similar. I think United will win 3-0. I think they'll score one goal after the 80th minute this time. Martial will score. No, no it can't be. They score all their goals after the 80th minute. Yeah, sorry. Well, they'll score four of their three goals after the 80th minute. And uh, yeah, it'll be a pretty comfortable win for United. We'll move on to Stoke against Chelsea. Yeah, um, Stoke kind of, they took points off United at... Um, at the, the Brinabayo, what the fuck? The Britannia, sorry. The Britannia, Br- I was going to say. Brinabayo. Brinabayo, they tend to Madrid, I Sorry, I started with that good that game. I was very excited. Brita- Cold Wednesday night at Madrid. <laughs> um, the the Britannia. Night, um, do you think there's any chance here? I think there's a very good chance for a draw, so much so that I will go 2-2. Um, I think that Stoke, a very good defence against the against the better teams and they become frustrating to score against them but they, Chelsea will get their couple of goals I think Murata will score again he's, he's a player that we've you know we, we've given a lot of stick but he's he's really just given us a middle finger this year hasn't he he's really coming out really well and um, I, but I don't think they're going to quite get the three points uh, I think that Chelsea will win this 2-1 I think they'll work out Kurt Zuma because they know him I think Murata needs to work out how to uh, hit the ball on but the But one's if Kurt Zuma knows Chelsea. Shit. I didn't know. I didn't think about that. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but uh, I think that Morata um, needs to learn how to, you know, take care of the ball on the ground, not just in the air. It seems like that's all he's kind of going for at the moment. Yep. And he goes and he goes missing a lot. So I'm really hoping that he can... Tim Cahill stuff. Yeah, he does. Big time. And, you know, but he can pop up for a goal. So that's the, be- that's the best part about somebody like Timmy. Um, <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. Uh, Swansea versus Watford. Um, this you know this game also all of a sudden kind of becomes a bit of a interesting fixture. Yeah, I, I think it's it's about time that Swansea probably look to get onto the score sheet. I think they'll they'll win this one. I, I know I've gone against the grain of what I've said about Watford, but I think to see I just see my crystal ball of future that it's not so crystallized that <laughs> that Swansea will win and Wilford Bone. We'll score some goals what? for Swansea. <laughs> what's the score, what's the score <laughs> line you got for you, idiot? Uh, one nil. I'm going to go with a nil draw. I think that this is kind of one of the... Boring. Yeah, I know. It doesn't look that appetizing on paper, does it? It, but, it really doesn't. But not. it could be a battle of the shit defences. So, you know, you could look at it that way. And, um, you know, there's always something 
you could take out of something like that. This is really the rounds of boring games, to be honest. Well, you know, speaking of boring games, any game with Liverpool in it, uh, Leicester going up against Liverpool. You can't say that. We're literally statistically one of the most entertaining teams in the country, if not the most. Mm, yeah, entertaining to see lose. But um, yeah, Leicester, Liverpool. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you. Uh, okay, what do you reckon? Uh, Liverpool, 2-0. 2-0? Who scores? Uh, my boy Salah. My boy Firmino. I was interested to say you didn't put Salah in your top 10. You said you were going to do that beforehand. Yeah, I just wanted to rub you up. Yeah, I was, good. I was <laughs> very, a bit worried. But then, then again, you said Coutinho. He's been playing really well, but... Then again, you did say Coutinho was going to go in there, and he did go in there, so, you know. Yeah, because he deserves to be in there. <laughs> yeah, he has been playing well, but Salah. Uh, Leicester, Liverpool... Would you go two nil? Yep. I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a two two. I'm gonna go two two draw. I Fuck think, you. I, I think this could be a really good game. I think this yeah, is. I can't say it's doing a clean sheet actually. Two uh, one. Um, no. <laughs> two one. <laughs> we'll move on to Brighton Newcastle battle of the championship. Um, you know, one and two from last season. Um, Newcastle coming off three wins. Brighton kind of hopefully needing to get a bit of form back. What are we thinking? Newcastle two one. I'm gonna say Brighton one nil. I think oh. that Newcastle will have their their uh, momentum halted and uh, we'll move on to the last game Arsenal West Bromwich Albion yeah. uh, Arsenal going to win this one? <laughs> I think they're going to struggle to score Okay, I think uh, it'll be nil-nil I think West Brom are going to win this I think they're going to win this 1-0 uh, 2-1 two, two, sorry 2-1 two, uh, West Brom 2-1 two, two, for memory now I can't like don't quote me yeah, they beat Arsenal last year didn't they yeah I just remember them trying to taking points off them at critical times at was the... it was it Arsenal but I know it was at the Hawthorns no I remember them taking I remember points the game. off I remember um, West Brom taking points off Arsenal at the Emirates as well at times once or twice last, um, over the last couple of years yeah okay so I think there is um, there is a chance there and they Arsenal's defence is always so leaky that there's always they're always prone to uh, concede a few. Uh, any final thoughts, Mickey, before we uh, finish up? No, I just think um, hopefully it's not as boring as last week. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Total 90 Premier League podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe. Mickey Kennedy, take us out. Well, guys, hopefully it's not, as I said, not as boring as last week, but I look forward to being here next Tuesday and we can let you know all the results and what happened and what didn't happen and everything else. It's going to be the best season of the Premier League because we're going to take you all the way through it.